CD6. Tiffany stepped out into the heavy, shadowless light and followed the path up the slope. Giant grasses arched overhead. Here and there, more strangely dressed, strangely shaped people turned to watch her, but then acted as though she was just a passing wanderer of no interest whatsoever. She glanced behind her. In the distance, the nutcracker had found a bigger hammer and was getting ready to strike. Wanna, 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 sweetie! Tiffany's head shot round like a weathercock in a tornado. She ran along the path, head down, ready to swing the pan at anything that stood in her way, and burst through a clump of trees into a space lined with daisies. It could well have been a bower. She didn't bother to check. Wentworth was sitting on a large, flat stone surrounded by sweets. Many of them were bigger than he was. Smaller ones were in piles, large ones lay like logs. And they were in every colour sweets can be, such as not-really-raspberry-red, fake lemon yellow, curiously chemical orange, some kind of acidy green, and who knows what blue. Tears were falling off his chin in blobs. Since they were landing amongst the sweets, serious stickiness was already taking place. Wentworth howled. His mouth was a big red tunnel, with a wobbly thing that no one knows the name of bouncing up and down at the back of his throat. He only stopped crying when it was time either to breathe in or die, and even then it was only for one huge, sucking moment before the howl came back again. Tiffany knew what the problem was immediately. She'd seen it before at birthday parties. Her brother was suffering from tragic sweet deprivation. Yes, he was surrounded by sweets. But the moment he took any sweet at all, said his sugar-addled brain, that meant he was not taking all the rest. And there were so many sweets, he'd never be able to eat them all. It was too much to cope with. The only solution was to burst into tears. The only solution at home was to put a bucket over his head until he calmed down and take almost all the sweets away. He could deal with a few handfuls at a time. Tiffany dropped the pan and swept him up in her arms. It's Tiffy, she whispered, and we're going home. And this is where I meet the Queen, she thought. But there was no scream of rage, no explosion of magic, nothing. There was just the buzz of bees in the distance, and the sound of wind in the grass, and the gulping of Wentworth, who was too shocked to cry. She could see now that the far side of the bower contained a couch of leaves, surrounded by hanging flowers, but there was no one there. "'That is because I'm behind you,' said the voice of the Queen in her ear. Tiffany turned around quickly. There was no one there. "'Still behind you,' said the Queen." "'This is my world, child. "'You'll never be as fast as me, or as clever as me. "'Why are you trying to take my boy away?' "'He isn't yours, he's ours,' said Tiffany. "'You never loved him. "'You have a heart like a little snowball, I can see it.' "'Tiffany's forehead wrinkled. "'Love?' she said. "'What's that got to do with it? "'He's my brother, my brother.' "'Yes, that's a... "'Very witchy thing, isn't it?' said the voice of the Queen. "'Selfishness. Mine, mine, mine. All a witch cares about is what's hers.' "'You stole him.' "'Stole? You mean you thought you owned him?' Tiffany's second thoughts said, "'She's finding your weaknesses. Don't listen to her.' "'Ah! You have second thoughts.' said the Queen. I expect you think that makes you very witchy, do you? Why won't you let me see you, said Tiffany, 
Are you frightened? Frightened? said the voice of the Queen. Of something like you? And the Queen was there in front of her. She was much taller than Tiffany, but just as slim. Her hair was long and black, her face pale, her lips cherry red, her dress black and white and red. And it was all very slightly wrong. Tiffany's second thoughts said, It's because she's perfect. Completely perfect, like a doll. No one real is as perfect as that. That's not you, said Tiffany with absolute certainty. That's just your dream of you. That's not you at all. The Queen's smile disappeared for a moment and came back all edgy and brittle. Such rudeness! And you hardly know me, she said, sitting down on the leafy seat. She patted the space behind her. Do sit down, she said. Standing there like that is so confrontational. I will put your bad manners down to simple disorientation. She gave Tiffany a beautiful smile. Look at the way her eyes move, said Tiffany's second thoughts. I don't think she's using them to see you with. They're just beautiful ornaments. You have invaded my home, killed some of my creatures, and generally acted in a mean and despicable way, said the Queen. This offends me. However, I understand that you have been badly led by disruptive elements. You stole my brother, said Tiffany, holding Wentworth tightly. You steal all sorts of things. But her voice sounded weak and tinny in her ears. He was wandering around lost, said the Queen calmly. I brought him home and comforted him. And what there was about the Queen's voice was this... It said, in a friendly, understanding way, that she was right and you were wrong. And this wasn't your fault, exactly. It was probably the fault of your parents or your food or something so terrible you've completely forgotten about it. It wasn't your fault, the Queen understood, because you were a nice person. It was just such a terrible thing that all these bad influences had made you make the wrong choices. If only you'd admit that, Tiffany, then the world would be a much happier place.' This cold place, guarded by monsters, in a world where nothing grows older or up, said her second thoughts, a world with the Queen in charge of everything. Don't listen. She managed to take a step backwards. Am I a monster? said the Queen. All I wanted was a little bit of company. And Tiffany's second thoughts, quite swamped by the Queen's wonderful voice, said... Miss Female Robinson. She'd come to work as a maid at one of the farms many years ago. They said that she'd been brought up in a home for the destitute in Yelp. They said she'd been born there after her mother had arrived during a terrible storm and the master had written in his big black diary to Miss Robinson, female infant. And her young mother hadn't been very bright and was dying in any case and had thought that was the baby's name. After all, it had been written down in an official book. Miss Robinson was quite old now, never said much, never ate much, but you never saw her not doing something. No one could scrub a floor like Miss Female Infant Robinson. She had a thin, wispy face with a pointed red nose and thin, pale hands with red knuckles, which were always busy. Miss Robinson worked hard. Tiffany hadn't understood a lot of what was going on when the crime happened. 
The women talked about it in twos and threes at garden gates, their arms folded, and they'd stop and look indignant if a man walked past. She picked up bits of conversation, though sometimes they seemed to be in a kind of code, like, never really had anyone of her own, poor old soul. Wasn't her fault if she was skinnier than a rake? And they say that when they found her she was cuddling it and said it was hers. And the house was full of baby clothes she'd knitted. That last one had puzzled Tiffany at the time, because it was said in the same tone of voice that someone would use to say, and the house was full of human skulls. But they all agreed on one thing. We can't have this. A crime's a crime. The barons got to be told. Miss Robinson had stolen a baby, Punctuality Riddle, who had been much loved by his young parents, even though they'd named him Punctuality, reasoning that if children could be named after virtues like patience, faith and prudence, what was wrong with a little good timekeeping? He'd been left in his crib in the yard and had vanished, and there had been all the usual searchings and weepings, and then someone had mentioned that Miss Robinson had been taking home extra milk. It was kidnapping. There weren't many fences on the chalk and very few doors with locks. Theft of all kinds was taken very seriously. If you couldn't turn your back on what was yours for five minutes, where would it all end? The law's the law. A crime's a crime. Tiffany had overheard bits of arguments all over the village, but the same phrases cropped up over and over again. Poor thing never meant no harm. She was a hard worker, never complained. She's not right in the head. The law's the law. A crime's a crime. And so the Baron was told, and he held a court in the great hall, and everyone who wasn't wanted up on the hills turned up, including Mr and Mrs Riddle, she looking worried, he looking determined, and Miss Robinson, who just stared at the ground with her red knuckly hands on her knees. It was hardly a trial. Miss Robinson was confused about what she was guilty of, and it seemed to Tiffany that so was everyone else. They weren't certain why they were there, and they'd come to find out. The Baron had been uneasy too. The law was clear. Theft was a dreadful crime, and stealing a human being was much worse. There was a prison in Yelp, right beside the home for the destitute. Some said that there was even a connecting door. That was where thieves went. And the Baron wasn't a big thinker. His family had held the chalk by not changing their mind about anything for hundreds of years. He sat and listened and drummed his fingers on the table and looked at people's faces and acted like a man sitting on a very hot chair. Tiffany was in the front row. She was there when the man started to give his verdict, umming and eyeing, trying not to say the words he knew he'd have to say, when the door at the back of the hall opened and the sheepdog's thunder and lightning trotted in. They came down the aisle between the rows of benches and sat down in front of the baron, looking bright-eyed and alert. Only Tiffany craned to see back up the aisle. The doors were still slightly ajar. They were far too heavy, even for a strong dog to push them open, and she could just make out someone looking through the crack. The baron stopped and stared. He, too, looked at the other end of the hall. And then, after a few moments, he pushed the law book aside and said, Perhaps we should do this a different way. And there was a different way, involving people paying a little more attention to Miss Robinson. It wasn't perfect, and not everyone was happy, but it worked. 
Tiffany smelled the scent of Jolly Sailor outside the hall when the meeting was over, and thought about the Baron's dog. "'Remember this day,' Granny Aching had said, "'and you'll have cause to.' Barons needed reminding. "'Who will speak up for you?' Tiffany said aloud. "'Speak up for me,' answered the Queen, her fine eyebrows arching. And Tiffany's third thoughts said, "'Watch her face when she is worried.' "'There isn't anyone, is there?' said Tiffany, backing away. "'Is there anyone you've been kind to? "'Anyone who'll say you're not just a thief and a bully? "'Because that's what you are. "'You've got a... you're like the drones. "'You've just got one trick.' "'And there it was. "'Now she could see what her third thoughts had spotted. "'The Queen's face flickered for a moment. "'And that's not your body,' said Tiffany, plunging on. "'That's just what you want people to see. "'It's not real.' It's just like everything else here. It's hollow and empty. The Queen ran forward and slapped her much harder than a dream should be able to. Tiffany landed in the moss, and Wentworth rolled away, yelling, Wanna go a toilet? Good, said Tiffany's third thoughts. Good, said Tiffany aloud. Good, said the Queen. Yes, said the third thoughts, because she doesn't know you can have third thoughts and your hand is only a few inches from the frying pan, and things like her hate iron, don't they? She's angry. Now make her furious so that she doesn't think. Hurt her. You just live here in a landful of winter, and all you do is dream of summers, said Tiffany. No wonder the king went away. The queen stood still for a moment, like the beautiful statue she so much resembled. Again the walking dream flickered, and Tiffany thought she saw something. It was not much bigger than her, and almost human, and a little shabby, and, just for a moment, shocked. Then the Queen was back, tall and angry, and she drew a deep breath. Tiffany grabbed the pan and swung it as she rolled onto her feet. She hit the tall figure, only a glancing blow, but the Queen wavered like air over a hot road and screamed. Tiffany didn't wait to see what else was going to happen. She grabbed her brother again and ran away, down through the grass, past the strange figures, looking around at the sound of the Queen's anger. Now shadows moved in the shadowless grasses. Some of the people, the joke people, the ones that looked like a flaps-on-the-pages picture book, changed shape and started to move after Tiffany and her screaming brother. There was a booming noise on the other side of the clearing. The two huge creatures that Roland had called the bumblebee women were rising off the ground, their tiny wings blurring with the effort. Somebody grabbed her and pulled her into the grasses. It was Roland. "'Can you get out now?' he demanded, his face red. Er, Tiffany began. "'Then we'd better just run,' he said. "'Give me your hand. Come on!' "'Do you know a way out?' Tiffany panted as they dashed through the giant daisies. "'No!' Roland panted back. "'There isn't one. You saw the drones outside. This is a really strong dream. Then why are we running? To keep out of her way. If you hide long enough, Sneeb says she forgets.' "'I don't think she's going to forget me very quickly,' Tiffany thought. Roland had stopped.' but she pulled her hand away and ran onward, with Wentworth clinging to her in silent amazement. "'Where are you going?' shouted Roland behind her. "'I really want to keep out of her way.' "'Come back! You're running right back!' "'No, I'm not. I'm running in a straight line.' "'This is a dream!' Roland shouted, but it was louder now because he was catching her up. "'You're running right around!' Tiffany burst into a clearing. "'The clearing!' The bumblebee women landed on either side of her, and the Queen stepped forward. "'You know,' said the Queen, "'I really expected better of you, Tiffany. 
Now give me back the boy, and I shall decide what to do next. It's not a big dream, mumbled Roland behind her. If you go too far, you end up coming back. I could make a dream for you that's even smaller than you are, said the Queen pleasantly. That can be quite painful. The colours were brighter, and sounds were louder. Tiffany could smell something, too, and what was strange about that was that up until now there had been no smells. It was a sharp, bitter smell that you never forgot. It was the smell of snow, and underneath the insect buzzings in the grass she heard the faintest of voices. Crivens, I can he find the way out? Chapter 11 Awakening on the other side of the clearing, where the nut-cracking man had been at work, was the last nut, half as high as Tiffany, and it was rocking gently. The cracker took a swipe at it with the hammer, and it rolled out of the way. "'See what's really there,' said Tiffany to herself, and laughed. The Queen gave her a puzzled look. "'You find this funny?' she demanded. "'What's funny about this? What is amusing about this situation?' "'I just had a funny thought,' said Tiffany. "'The Queen glared, as people without a sense of humour do "'when they're confronted with a smile. "'You're not very clever,' thought Tiffany. "'You've never needed to be. "'You can get what you want just by dreaming it. "'You believe in your dreams, so you never have to think.' "'She turned and whispered to Roland, "'Crack the nut. "'Don't worry about what I do. "'Crack the nut.' The boy looked at her blankly. "'What did you say to him?' snapped the Queen. "'I said goodbye,' said Tiffany, holding on tightly to her brother. "'I'm not handing my brother over, no matter what you do.' "'Do you know what colour your insides are?' said the Queen. Tiffany shook her head mutely. "'Well, now you'll find out,' said the Queen, smiling sweetly. "'You're not powerful enough to do anything like that,' said Tiffany. "'You know,' "'You are right,' said the Queen. "'That kind of physical magic is indeed very hard. "'But I can make you think I've done the most terrible things. "'And that, little girl, is all I need to do. "'Would you like to beg for mercy now? "'You may not be able to later.' "'Tiffany paused. "'No,' she said at last. "'I don't think I will.' The Queen leaned down. Her grey eyes filled Tiffany's world. "'People here will remember this for a long time,' she said. "'I hope so,' said Tiffany. "'Crack the nut!' For a moment the Queen looked puzzled again. She was not good at dealing with sudden changes. "'What?' "'Eh? Oh, right!' muttered Roland. "'What did you say to him?' the Queen demanded, as the boy ran towards the hammer man. Tiffany kicked her on the leg. It wasn't a witch thing. It was so nine years old, and she wished she could have thought of something better. On the other hand, she had hard boots, and it was a good kick. The Queen shook her. "'Why did you do that?' she said. "'Why won't you do what I say? Everyone could be so happy if only they'd do what I say!' Tiffany stared at the woman's face. The eyes were grey now, but the pupils were like silver mirrors. "'I know what you are,' said her third thoughts. 
You're something that's never learned anything. You don't know anything about people. You're just... a child that's got old. Want a sweetie? she whispered. There was a shout behind her. She twisted in the Queen's grip and saw Roland fighting for the hammer. As she watched, he turned desperately and raised the heavy thing over his head, knocking over the elf behind him. The Queen pulled her round savagely as the hammer fell. Sweetie, she hissed, I'll show you. Crivens, it's the Queen, and she's got her kelder, the old tofer. Nay, Queen, nay, Laird, we free men, I can murder a kebab. Get her. Tiffany might have been the only person in all the worlds that there are to be happy to hear the sound of the knack mac Fiegel. They poured out of the smashed nut. Some were still wearing bow ties, some were back in their kilts. But they were all in a fighting mood and, to save time, were fighting with one another to get up to speed. The clearing cleared. Real or dreams, the people could see trouble when it rolled towards them in a roaring, cursing, red and blue tide. Tiffany ducked out of the Queen's grasp and, still holding Wentworth, hurried into the grasses to watch. Big Yan ran past, carrying a struggling, full-sized elf over his head. Then he stopped suddenly and tossed it high over the clearing. "'And away he goes right on his head!' he yelled, then turned and ran back into the battle. The knack mac couldn't be trodden on or squeezed. They worked in groups, running up one another's backs to get high enough to punch an elf, or, for preference, bash it with their heads. And once anyone was down, it was all over by the kicking. There was some method in the way the knack mac fought. For example, they always chose the biggest opponent because, as Rob Anybody said later, it makes them easier to hit, you can. And they simply didn't stop. It was that which wore people down. It was like being attacked by wasps with fists. It took them a little while to realise that they'd run out of people to fight. They carried on fighting one another for a bit anyway, since they'd come all this way, and then settled down and began to go through the pockets of the fallen in case there was any loose change. Tiffany stood up. Ach, weel, no bad job though I says it myself, said Rob Anybody, looking around. A very neat fight, and we didn't even have to resort to using poetry. How did you get into the nut, said Tiffany? I mean, it was a nut. Only way we could find in, said Rob Anybody. It's got to be a way that fits. Tis difficult work navigating in dreams. Especially when you're a wee bitty pished, said Daft Woolly, grinning broadly. What? You've been drinking, said Tiffany. I've been facing the Queen and you've been in a pub? Ach, no, said Rob Anybody. You can that dream with a big party when you had the pretty frock and all. We got stuck in it. But I killed the drone. Rob looked a little shifty. Well, he said, we didn't get out as easily as you. It took us a wee while. Until we finished all the drink, said Daft Woolly helpfully. Rob glared at him. You didn't have to put it like that, he snapped. You mean the dream keeps on going, said Tiffany. If you're rusty enough, said Daft Woolly, and it wasn't just a drink, there was... Canapes as well. But I thought if you ate or drank in a dream, you stayed there, said Tiffany. Aye, for most creatures, said Rob, anybody. Not for us, though. Hooses, banks, dreams, tis are the same to us. There's nothing we can get in or out of. Except maybe pubs, said Big Yan. Why, said Rob, anybody cheerfully, 
Getting you to pubs sometimes causes us a certain amount of difficulty, I'll grant you that. And where did the Queen go? Tiffany demanded. Ah, she didn't off-ski as soon as we arrived, said Rob anybody. And so should we, lady, afore the dream changes. He nodded at Wentworth. Is this the wee bairn? Ach, what a nose full of bogies! One a sweetie! shouted Wentworth on automatic sweetie pilot. Will ye canny hen on? shouted Rob anybody. And stop snivelling and come awaa wi us, and stop being a budden to your wee sister. Tiffany opened her mouth to protest, and shut it again when Wentworth, after a moment of shock, chuckled. Funny, he said. Wee man, wee wee man. Oh dear, said Tiffany. You've got him started now. But she was very surprised nonetheless. Wentworth never showed this much interest in anyone who wasn't a jelly baby. Rob, we got a real one here, a pixie called out. To her horror, Tiffany saw that several of the Knack-Mack Feagles were holding up Roland's unconscious head. He was full length on the ground. Ach, that was the laddie who was rude to you, said Rob, and he tried to hit Big Jan with a hammer, too. That was near a clever thing to do. What shall we do with him? The grasses trembled. The light was fading from the sky. The air was growing colder, too. We can't leave him here, said Tiffany. OK, we'll drag him along, said Rob anybody. Let's move right now. Wee wee man, wee wee man, shouted Wentworth gleefully. He'll be like this all day, I'm afraid, said Tiffany. Sorry. Run for the door, said Rob anybody. Can you no see the door? Tiffany looked around desperately. The wind was bitter now. See the door? Rob anybody commanded. She blinked and spun around. Uh, um, she said. The sense of a world beneath that had come to her when she was frightened of the Queen did not turn up so easily now. She tried to concentrate. The smell of snow. It was ridiculous to talk about the smell of snow. It was just pure frozen water. But Tiffany always knew when she woke up if it had snowed in the night. Snow had a smell like the taste of tin. Tin did have a taste, although, admittedly, it tasted like the smell of snow. She thought she heard her brain creak with the effort of thinking. If she was in a dream, she had to wake up. But it was no use running. Dreams were full of running. But there was one direction that looked thin and white. She shut her eyes and thought about snow, crisp and white as fresh bedsheets. She concentrated on the feel of it under her feet. All she had to do was wake up. She was standing in snow. "'Right,' said Rob, anybody. "'I got out,' said Tiffany. "'Ach, sometimes the door is in your own head,' said Rob, anybody. "'Now let's move.' Tiffany felt herself being lifted into the air. Nearby, a snoring Roland rose up on dozens of small blue legs as the feagles got underneath him. "'Nay, stop in until we get right out of here,' said Rob, anybody. "'Feagles were he!' They skimmed over the snow, with parties of feagles running on ahead. After a minute or two, Tiffany looked behind them and saw the blue shadows spreading. They were getting darker, too. "'Rob,' she said. "'Aye, I can,' said Rob. "'Run, lads!' "'They are moving fast, Rob.' "'I can that, too!' Snow stung Tiffany's face. Trees blurred with the speed. The forest sped past. But the shadows were spreading across the path ahead, and every time the party ran through them, they seemed to have a certain solidity, like fog. Now the shadows behind were night black in the middle, but the Pictses had passed the last tree and the snowfields stretched ahead. They stopped so quickly that Tiffany almost toppled into the snow. What's happened? 
"'Where's your old footprints gone?' said Doubtfully. "'They was there a moment ago, which way new?' The trampled track that had led them on like a line had vanished. Rob Anybody spun round and looked back at the forest. Darkness curled above it like smoke, spreading along the horizon. "'She's sending nightmares after us,' he growled. "'This is going to be a toughie, lads.' Tiffany saw shapes in the spreading night. She hugged Wentworth tightly. "'Nightmares,' repeated Rob Anybody, turning to her. "'You wouldn't want to know about them. We'll hold him off. You must make a run for it. Get a wowie anew.' "'I've nowhere to run to,' said Tiffany. She heard a high-pitched noise, a sort of chittering insect noise coming from the forest. The Pictses had drawn together. Usually they grinned like anything if they thought a fight was coming up, but this time they looked deadly serious.' "'Ach, she's a bad loser, the Quinn,' said Rob. Tiffany turned to look at the horizon behind her. The boiling blackness was there too, a ring that was closing in from all sides. "'Doors everywhere,' she thought. "'The old Kelder said there's doors everywhere. I must find a door. But there's just snow and a few trees.' The Pictses drew their swords. "'What er, kind of nightmares are coming?' said Tiffany. "'Ach, long-leggedy things with muckle legs and huge teeth "'and flappy wings and a hundred eyes, that kind of stuff,' said Daft Woolly. "'Aye, and worse than that,' said Rob Anybody, staring at the speeding dark. "'What's worse than that?' said Tiffany. "'Normal stuff gone wrong,' said Rob. "'Tiffany looked blank for a moment, and then shuddered. "'Oh, yes, she knew about those nightmares. "'They didn't happen often, but they were horrible when they did.' She'd woken up once shaking at the thought of Granny Aching's boots, which had been chasing her, and another time it was a box of sugar. Anything could be a nightmare. She could put up with monsters, but she didn't want to face mad boots. Er, I have an idea, she said. So do I, said Rob Anybody. Dinner be here, that's my idea. There's a clump of trees over there, said Tiffany. So what, said Rob. He was staring at the line of nightmares. Things were visible in it now. Teeth. "'Claws, eyes, ribs. "'From the way he was glaring, "'it was obvious that whatever happened later, "'the first few monsters were going to face a serious problem. "'If they had faces, anyway. "'Can you fight nightmares?' said Tiffany. "'The chittering noise was getting a lot louder. "'There's no thing we canny fight,' growled Big Yan. "'If it's got a heed, then we can gear a face full of dandruff. "'If it disney have a heed, it's due a good kicking.' "'Tiffany stared at the onrushing things. Some of them have got more than one head, she said. It's a lucky day, then, said Darth Woolly. The Pictses shifted their weight, ready to fight. Piper, said Rob Anybody to William the Gonagall, play us a lament. We'll fight to the sound of the mouse pipes. No, said Tiffany. I'm not standing for this. The way to fight nightmares is to wake up. I am your Kelder. This is an order. We're heading for those trees right now. Do what I say. "'Wee-wee, man!' yelled Wentworth. The Pictses glanced at the trees and then at Tiffany. "'Do it!' she yelled so loudly that some of them flinched. "'Right now! Do what I tell you! There's a better way!' "'You cannot cross a hag, Rob!' muttered William. "'I'm going to get you home!' snapped Tiffany. "'I hope,' she added to herself. But she'd seen a small, round, pale face staring at them round a tree-trunk. There was a drome in those trees. Ach, I, but Rob, anybody glanced past Tiffany, added, Oh, no, look at that. There was a pale dot in front of the racing line of monstrousness. 
Sneebs was making a break for it. His arms pumped like pistons. His little legs seemed to spin. His cheeks were like balloons. The tide of nightmares rolled over him and kept coming. Rob sheathed his sword. "'You heard our kelder, lads,' he shouted. "'Grabber, we're offsky!' Tiffany was lifted up. Feagles raised the unconscious Roland, and everyone ran for the trees. Tiffany pulled her hand out of her apron pocket and opened up the crumpled wrapper of Jolly Sailor Tobacco. It was something to focus on, to remind her of a dream. People said you could see the sea from the very top of the downs, but Tiffany had stared hard on a fine winter's day when the air was clear and seen nothing but the hazy blue of distance. But the sea on the Jolly Sailor Packet was deep blue, with white crests on the waves. It was the sea for Tiffany. It had looked like a small drome in the trees. That meant it wasn't very powerful. She hoped so. She had to hope so. The trees got closer. So did the ring of nightmares. Some of the sounds were horrible, of cracking bones and crushing rocks and stinging insects and screaming cats, getting nearer and nearer and nearer. Chapter 12 Jolly Sailor There was sand around her, and white waves crashing, and water draining off the shingle, and sounding like an old woman sucking a hard mint. "'Crivens, where are we now?' said Daft Woolly. "'Aye, and why are we all looking like yellow mushrooms?' Rob anybody added. Tiffany looked down and giggled. Every Pictsy was wearing a jolly sailor outfit, with an oilskin coat and a huge yellow oilskin rain hat that covered most of their faces. They started to wander about, bumping into one another. My dream, Tiffany thought. The drome uses what it can find in your head. But this is my dream. I can use it. Wentworth had gone quiet. He was staring at the waves. There was a boat pulled up on the shingle. As one pixie, or small yellow mushroom, the knack-mack feagles were flocking towards it and clambering up the sides. "'What are you doing?' said Tiffany. "'Best if we was leaving,' said Rob anybody. "'It's a good dream you found us, but we canna stay here.' "'But we should be safe here.' "'Ach, the Queen finds a way in everywhere,' said Rob, as a hundred pixies raised an oar. "'Dinna fash yourself. We know all about boats. Did you no see not totally wee Georgie Pike fishing wee wee Bobby in the stream the other day?' "'We isn't strangers to piscatorial and nautical arts, you can.' "'And they did, indeed, seem to know about boats. "'The oars were heaved into the rollocks, "'and a party of feagles pushed it down the stones and into the waves. "'Now you just hand us the wee bairn,' shouted Rob anybody from the stern. "'Uncertainly, her feet slipping on the wet stones, "'Tiffany waded through the cold water and handed Wentworth over. "'He seemed to think it was very funny. "'Wee-wee men's!' he yelled as they lowered him into the boat.' It was his only joke, so he wasn't going to stop. Aye, that's right, said Rob anybody, tucking him under the seat. No, you just bide there like a good boy and no yelling for sweeties, or Uncle Rob'll gee a scalpin' across the ear hole, OK? Wentworth chuckled. Tiffany ran back up the beach and hauled Roland to his feet. He opened his eyes and looked blearily at her. What, what's happening? he said. I had this strange dream. And then he shut his eyes again and sagged. Get in a boat! "'Tiffany shouted, dragging him across the shingle. "'Crivens, are we tagging this wee streak of uselessness?' "'said Rob, grabbing Roland's trousers and heaving him aboard. "'Of course!' "'Tiffany hauled herself in afterwards "'and landed in the bottom of the boat as a wave took it. "'The oars creaked and splashed and the boat jerked forward. "'It jolted once or twice as more waves hit it "'and then began to plunge across the sea. 
The Pictses were strong, after all. Even though each oar was a battleground as Pictses hung from it or piled up on one another's shoulders or just heaved anything they could grasp, both oars were almost bending as they were dragged through the water. Tiffany picked herself up and tried to ignore the sudden uncertain feeling in her stomach. "'Head for the lighthouse,' she said. "'Aye, I ken that,' said Rob Anybody. "'It's the only place there is, and the Quinn Disney-like light.' He grinned. "'It's a good dream, lady. Have you no looked at the sky?' "'It's just a blue sky,' said Tiffany. "'It's no exactly a sky,' said Rob Anybody. "'Look behind you.' Tiffany turned. "'It was a blue sky. Very blue. "'But above the retreating beach, halfway up the sky, was a band of yellow. "'It looked a long way away and hundreds of miles across, "'and in the middle of it, looming over the world as big as a galaxy "'and grey-blue with distance, was a life belt. "'On it,' but spelled backwards in letters larger than the moon, were the words R-O-L-I-A-S-Y-L-L-O-J. "'We are in the label,' said Tiffany. "'Oh, aye,' said Rob anybody. "'But the sea feels real. It's salty and wet and cold. It's not like paint. I didn't dream it's salty or so cold. Naked in. "'Then it's a picture on the outside and it's real on the inside,' Rob nodded. "'Ya ken, we've been robbing and running around on all kinds of worlds for a long time, "'but I'll tell you this, the universe is a lot more complicated than it looks from the outside.' "'Tiffany took the grubby label out of her pocket and stared at it again. "'There was the lifebelt and the lighthouse, but the jolly sailor himself wasn't there. "'What was there, so tiny as to be little bigger than a dot on the printed sea, "'was a tiny rowing boat.' "'She looked up. There were storm clouds in the sky, in front of the huge, hazy lifebelt. They were long and ragged, curling as they came. "'That didn't take her long to find a way in,' muttered William. "'No,' said Tiffany, "'but this is my dream. I know how it goes. Keep rowing.' Tangling and tumbling, some of the clouds passed overhead and then swooped towards the sea. They vanished beneath the waves like a water spout in reverse. It began to rain hard, so hard that a haze of mist rose over the sea. Is that it? Tiffany wondered. Is that all she can do? Ah, doot it, said Rob anybody. Bend them oars, lads. The boat shot forward, bouncing through the rain from wave top to wave top. But against all normal rules, it was now trying to go uphill. The water was mounding up and up, and the boat washed backwards in the streaming surf. Something was rising. Something white was pushing the seas aside. Great waterfalls poured off the shining dome that climbed towards the storm sky. It rose higher, and still there was more, and eventually there was an eye. It was tiny compared to the mountainous head above it, and it rolled in its socket and focused on the tiny boat. "'Now that's a he that be a day's work even for Big Yan,' said Rob anybody. "'I reckon we'd have to come back tomorrow. Row, boys!' "'It's a dream of mine,' said Tiffany, as calmly as she could manage. "'It's the whale-fish. "'I never dreamed the smell, though,' she added to herself. "'But here it is, a huge, solid, world-filling smell of salt and water and fish and ooze. "'What does it eat?' Daft Woolly asked. "'Ah, I know that,' said Tiffany, as the boat rocked on the swell. "'Whales aren't dangerous, because they just eat very small things.' "'Roll like the blazes, lads!' Rob anybody yelled. "'How do you ken it only eats wee stuff?' said Daft Woolly, as the whale fish's mouth began to open. 
I paid a whole cucumber once for a lesson on beasts of the deep, said Tiffany, as a wave washed over them. Whales don't even have proper teeth. There was a creaking sound, and a gust of fishy halitosis about the size of a typhoon, and the view was full of enormous, pointy teeth. Aye, said Woolly, we'll no offence meant, but I didn't think this beastie went to the same school as ye. The surge of water was pushing them away, and Tiffany could see the whole of the head now, and, in a way that she couldn't possibly describe, the whale looked like the Queen. The Queen was there somewhere. The anger came back. "'This is my dream!' she shouted at the sky. "'I've dreamed it dozens of times. "'You're not allowed in here, and whales don't eat people. "'Everyone who isn't very stupid knows that.' A tail the size of a field rose and slapped down on the sea. The whale shot forward. Rob Anybody threw off his yellow hat and drew his sword. "'Ach, we'll be tried,' he said. "'This wee beastie's gonna get the worst bellyache there ever was.' "'I will cut her we out!' shouted Daft Woolly. "'No, keep rowing,' said Tiffany. "'It's ne'er been said that the knack mac turned their back on our foe,' Rob yelled. "'But you're rowing facing backwards,' Tiffany pointed out. The Pixie looked crestfallen. "'Oh, aye, I hadn't thought of it like that,' he said, sitting down again. "'Just row,' Tiffany insisted. "'We're nearly at the lighthouse.' Grumbling, because even if they were facing the right way, they were still going the wrong way, the Pixies hauled on the oars. "'That's a great big heed he's got there, you ken,' said Rob anybody. "'How big would you say that heed is, Gonagall?' "'Ach, I'd say it's very big, Rob,' said William, who was with the team on the other oar. "'Indeed, I might commit myself to saying it's enormous.' "'You'd go as far as that, would you?' "'Oh, aye, enormous is fully justified.' "'It's nearly honest,' Tiffany thought. "'This has got to work. It's my dream. "'Any moment. Any moment now.' "'And how near us would you say it is, then?' asked Rob, conversationally, as the boat wallowed and jerked just ahead of the whale. "'That's a very good question, Rob,' said William, "'and I'd answer it by saying it's very close indeed.' "'Any moment now,' thought Tiffany. "'I know Miss Tick said you shouldn't believe in your dreams, "'but she meant you shouldn't just hope.' "'Er, uh, any moment now, I, um, hope. "'He's never missed.' "'In fact, I'd go so far as to say exceedingly close,' William began. Tiffany swallowed and hoped that the whale wouldn't. There was only about thirty yards of water between the teeth and the boat. And then it was filled with a wooden wall that blurred as it went past, making a zip-zip-zip noise. Tiffany looked up, her mouth open. White sails flashed across the storm clouds, pouring rain like waterfalls. She looked up at rigging and ropes and sailors lined up on the spars and cheered. And then the stern of the jolly sailor's ship was disappearing into the rain and mist, but not before Tiffany saw the big, bearded figure at the wheel, dressed in yellow oilskins. He turned and waved just once before the ship vanished into the murk. She managed to stand up again as the boat rocked in the swell and yelled at the towering whale, "'You've got to chase him. That's how it has to work. "'You chase him, he chases you. "'Granny Aching said so. "'You can't not do it and still be the whalefish. "'This is my dream, my rules. "'I've had more practice at it than you.' "'Big fishy!' yelled Wentworth. "'That was more surprising than the whale. "'Tiffany stared at her little brother as the boat rocked again. "'Big fishy!' said Wentworth again. "'That's right!' "'Tiffany said, delighted. "'Big fishy! 
And what makes it particularly interesting is that a whale isn't a fish. It is, in fact, a mammal, just like a cow. Did you just say that? said her second thoughts, as all the Pictses stared at her, and the boat spun in the surf. The first time he's ever said anything that wasn't about sweeties or wee-wee, and you just corrected him. Tiffany looked at the whale. It was having trouble. But it was the whale, the whale she'd dreamed about many times after Granny Aching had told her that story, and not even the Queen could control a story like that. It turned reluctantly in the water and dived in the wake of the jolly sailor's ship. "'Big fishy gone!' said Wentworth. "'No, it's a mammal,' Tiffany's mouth said before she could stop it. The Pictses were still staring at her. "'It's just that he ought to get it right,' she mumbled, ashamed of herself. "'It's a mistake lots of people make.' "'You're going to turn into somebody like Miss Tick,' said her second thoughts. "'Do you really want that?' "'Yes,' said a voice." and Tiffany realised that it was hers again. The anger rose up joyfully. Yes, I'm me. I am careful and logical, and I look up things I don't understand. When I hear people use the wrong words, I get edgy. I am good with cheese. I read books fast. I think. And I always have a piece of string. That's the kind of person I am. She stopped. Even Wentworth was staring at her now. He blinked. Big water cow gone, he suggested meekly. That's right. Good boy said Tiffany. When we get home, you can have one sweet. She saw the massed ranks of the knack-mack feagles still looking at her with worried expressions. Is it okay with you if we get on? said Rob anybody, holding up a nervous hand. Before yon whale, fe- uh, before yon whale cow comes back. Tiffany looked past them. The lighthouse wasn't far. A little jetty stretched out from its tiny island. Yes, please, sir, thank you, she said calming down a bit. The ship and the whale had vanished into the rain and the sea was merely lapping at the shore. A drome was sitting on the rocks with its pale, fat legs sticking out in front of it. It was staring out to sea and didn't appear to notice the approaching boat. It thinks it's home, Tiffany thought. I've given it a dream it likes. Pictses poured onto the jetty and tied up the boat. Okay, we're here, said Rob anybody. We'll just chop yon creature's heat off and we'll be right out of here. Don't, said Tiffany. But uh, leave it alone. Just leave it alone, all right? It's not interested. And it knows about sea, she added to herself. It's probably homesick for the sea. That's why it's such a real dream. I'd have never got it right by myself. A crab crawled out of the surf by the drone's feet and settled down to dream crab dreams. It looks as though a drone can get lost in its own dream, she thought. I wonder if it'll ever wake up. She turned to the knack-mack feagles. In my dream, I always wake up when I reach the lighthouse, she said. The Pictses looked up at the red and white tower, and as one feagle drew their swords. We don't trust the Quinn, said Rob. She'll let you think you're safe, and just when you've dropped your guard, she'll leap out. She'll be waiting behind the door, you can bet on it. You'll let us go in first. It was an instruction, not a question. Tiffany nodded and watched the knack-mack feagles swarm over the rocks towards the tower. Alone on the jetty, except for Wentworth and the unconscious Roland, she lifted the toad out of her pocket. It opened its yellow eyes and stared at the sea. "'Either I'm dreaming or I'm on a beach,' it said, "'and toads don't dream.' "'In my dream they can,' said Tiffany, "'and this is my dream.' "'Then it is an extremely dangerous one,' 
said the toad ungratefully. No, it's lovely, said Tiffany. It's wonderful. Look at the way the light dances on the waves. Where are the notices warning people they could drown, complained the toad. No life belts or shark nets, oh dear. Do I see a qualified lifeguard? I think not. Supposing someone was to... It's a beach, said Tiffany. Why are you talking like this? I don't know, said the toad. Can you put me down, please? I feel a headache coming on. Tiffany put it down, and it shuffled into some seaweed. After a while, she heard it eating something. The sea was calm. It was peaceful. It was exactly the moment anyone sensible should distrust. But nothing happened. It was followed by nothing else happening. Wentworth picked up a pebble from the shingle and put it in his mouth, on the basis that anything might be a sweetie. Then, suddenly, there were noises from the lighthouse. Tiffany heard muffled shouts and thuds, and once or twice the sound of breaking glass. At one point there was a noise like something heavy falling down a long spiral staircase and hitting every step along the way. The door opened. The Knack MacFeagles came out. They looked satisfied. Nay problemo, said Rob anybody. No one there. But there was a lot of noise. Oh, aye, we had to make sure, said Darth Willie. Wee wee men, shouted Wentworth. I'll wake up when I go through the door, said Tiffany, pulling Roland out of the boat. I always have. It must work. This is my dream. She hauled the boy upright and turned to the nearest feagle. Can you bring Wentworth? Aye. And you won't get lost or drunk or anything? Rob anybody looked offended. We ne'er get lost, he said. We always ken where we are. It's just sometimes maybe we aren't sure where everything else is. But it's no our fault if everything else gets lost. The knack mac feagle are never lost. What about drunk? said Tiffany, dragging Roland towards the lighthouse. We've never been lost in our lives. Is that no the case, lads? said Rob anybody. There was a murmur of resentful agreement. The words lost and knack mac feagle shouldn't turn up in the same sentence. And drunk? said Tiffany again, laying Roland down on the shingle. Getting lost is something that happens to other people, declared Rob anybody. I want to make that point perfectly clear. Well, at least there shouldn't have been anything to drink in a lighthouse, said Tiffany. She laughed. Unless you drank the lamp oil, and no one would dare do that. The Pictses suddenly fell silent. What would that be then? said Daft Woolly in a slow, careful voice. Would it be the stuff in a kind of big bottle kind of thingy? We're wee skull and crossbones on it, said Rob anybody. Yes, probably, and it's horrible stuff, said Tiffany. It'd make you terribly ill if you drank it. Really? said Rob anybody thoughtfully. That's very interesting. What sort of ill would that be kind of thing? I think you'd probably die, said Tiffany. We're already deed, said Rob anybody. Well, you'd be very, very sick then, said Tiffany. She gave him a strong look. It's inflammable too. It's a good job you didn't drink it, isn't it? Daft Woolly belched loudly. There was a strong smell of paraffin. Aye, he said. Tiffany went and fetched Wentworth. Behind her she heard some muffled whispering as the Pictses went into a huddle. I told yous the wee skull on it meant we shouldn't touch it. Big Yan said it showed it was strong stuff, and things are come to a pretty pass, ye ken, if people are going to leave stuff like that around where innocent people could accidentally smash the door droon and leave the bars aside and take the big chain off at the cupboard and pick the lock and drink it. What's inflammable mean? 
It means it catches fire. Okay, okay, dinner panic. No belching, and none of yours is to tuck a leak anywhere near naked flames, okay? And act natural. Tiffany smiled to herself. Pictures seemed very hard to kill. Perhaps believing you were already dead made you immune. She turned and looked towards the lighthouse door. She had never seen it opened in her dream. She'd always thought that the lighthouse was full of light, on the basis that on the farm the cowshed was full of cows and the woodshed was full of wood. All right, all right, she said, looking down at Rob anybody. I'm going to carry Roland, and I want you to bring Wentworth. Don't you want to carry the wee lad? said Rob. Wee wee man, shouted Wentworth. You bring him, said Tiffany shortly. She meant, I'm not sure this is going to work, and he might be safer with you than with me. I hope I'm going to wake up in my bedroom. Waking up in my bedroom would be nice. Of course, if everyone else wakes up there too, there might be some difficult questions asked, but anything's better than the Queen. There was a rushing, rattling noise behind her. She turned and saw the sea disappearing very quickly. It was pulling back down the shore. As she watched, rocks and clumps of seaweed rose above the surf and then were suddenly high and dry. Ah, she said after a moment. It's all right. I know what this is. It's the tide. The sea does this. It goes in and out every day. Aye, said Rob. Anybody? Amazing. It looks like it's pouring a wire through a hole. About fifty yards away, the last rivulets of seawater were disappearing over an edge, and some of the Pictses were already heading towards it. Tiffany suddenly had a moment of something that wasn't exactly panic. It was a lot slower and nastier than panic. It began with just a nagging little doubt that said, Isn't the tide a bit slower? The teacher, Wonders of the Natural World One Apple, hadn't gone into much detail, but there were fish flapping on the exposed seabed, and surely the fish in the sea didn't die every day. Er, I think we'd better be careful, she said, trailing after Rob anybody. Why, it's near as though the water's rising, he said. When does the tide come back? Um, not for hours, I think, said Tiffany, feeling the slow, nasty panic getting bigger. But I'm not sure of this. Tons of time, then, said Rob anybody. They'd reached the edge, where the rest of the Pictses were lined up. A little bit of water still trickled over their feet, pouring down into the gulf beyond. It was like looking down into a valley. At the far side, miles and miles away, the retreating sea was just a gleaming line. Below them, though, were the shipwrecks. There were a lot of them. Galleons and schooners and clippers, masts broken, rigging hanging, hulls breached, lay strewn across the puddles in what had been the bay. The knack mac feagles, as one Pictsea, sighed happily. Sunken treasure! Aye, gold! Bullion! Jewels! What makes you think they've got treasure in? said Tiffany. The knack mac feagles looked amazed, as if she'd suggested that rocks could fly. There's got to be treasure in them, said Daft Woolly. Otherwise, what's the point of letting them sink? That's right, said Rob anybody. There's got to be gold in sunken ships. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth fighting all them sharkies and octopuses and stuff. Stealing treasure from the ocean's bed, that's about the biggest, best thieving ever. And now what Tiffany felt was real, honest panic. That's a lighthouse, she said, pointing. Can you see it? A lighthouse so ships don't run into the rocks, right? Understand? This is a trap made just for you. The Queen's still around. Maybe we can go down and look inside one wee ship, said Rob, anybody meekly. 
No, because, Tiffany looked up, a gleam had caught her eye, because the sea is coming back, she said. What looked like a cloud on the horizon was getting bigger and glittering as it came. Tiffany could already hear the roar. She ran back up the beach and got her hands under Roland's armpits so that she could drag him into the lighthouse. She looked back, and the Pictses were still watching the huge, surging wave. And there was Wentworth, watching the wave happily and bending down slightly so that, if they stood on tiptoe, he could hold hands with two feagles. The image branded itself on her eyes. The little boy and the Pictses, all with their backs to her, and all staring with interest at the rushing, glittering, sky-filling wall of water. "'Come on!' Tiffany yelled. "'I was wrong. This isn't the tide. This is the Queen!' Sunken ships were lifted up and spun around in the hissing mountain of surf. "'Come on!' Tiffany managed to haul Roland across her shoulder and, staggering across the rocks, made it to the lighthouse door as the water crashed behind her. For a moment the world was full of white light and the snow squeaked underfoot. It was the silent, cold land of the Queen. There was no one around and nothing to see except snow and, in the distance, the forest. Black clouds hovered over it. Ahead of her, and only just visible, was a picture in the air. It showed some turf and a few stones, lit with moonlight. It was the other side of the door back home. She turned round desperately. "'Please!' she shouted. It wasn't a request to anyone special. She just needed to shout. Rob! William! Wooly! Wentworth! Away towards the forest there was a barking of the grim hounds. Got to get out, muttered Tiffany. Got to get away. She grabbed Roland by the collar and dragged him towards the door. At least he slid better on snow. No one and nothing tried to stop her. The snow spilled a little way through the doorway between the stones and onto the turf, but the air was warm and alive with nighttime insect noises. Under a real moon, under a real sky, she pulled the boy over to a fallen stone and sat him up against it. She sat down next to him, exhausted to the bone, and tried to get her breath back. Her dress was soaked and smelled of the sea. She could hear her own thoughts a long way off. They could still be alive. It was a dream, after all. There must be a way back. All I have to do is find it. I've got to go back in there. The dogs sounded very loud. She stood up again, although what she really wanted to do was sleep. The three stones of the door were a black shape against the stars. And as she watched, they fell down. The one on the left slipped over slowly, and the other two ended up leaning against it. She ran over and hauled at the tons of stone. She prodded the air around them in case the doorway was still there. She squinted madly, trying to see it. Tiffany stood under the stars alone and tried not to cry. "'What a shame!' said the Queen. "'You've let everybody down, haven't you?' End of CD 6